Visit the Zoo with your host, author Frederick Fishman. And welcome again, and hello. My name is Frederick Fishman, and welcome to the animal world that we're going to talk about, and of course, all things Visit the Zoo, here in episode number 002. And like I said, my name is Frederick Fishman. I'm an author of the 12-book series of Visit the Zoo that's also um, in audiobook form, and volume one of the DVD series has just been released as well. And if you want more information about me or the series, then um, you can go to our website at zooanimals.info. That's zooanimals.info. This week, uh, we're going to listen to another three more animal mystery sounds and see if you can guess what they are. And we're also going to take a look at a chapter in my series, Visit the Zoo, an animal description from one of those chapters, and we're going to take a look at the rhinoceros, a magnificent beast, large, extremely large, but runs really fast and has a very small little brain. So we'll be talking about that. And then uh, also at the very end, uh, be reading another one of those animal poems that I thought you might be interested in, but we'll do that, uh, like I said, at the end. So are you ready? Then let's get started. The first thing we'll do today, again, is take a look at the news. And um, usually I'll draw from my um, Google alerts that I get in my email every single day about zoos and animals, the animal world in in general. But what I wanted to do today is read an article that actually is well-timed that uh, I saw on our local rag sheet here, the Arizona Daily Star. It was dated about a week ago. And the title of the article is Back from the brink and the subtitle is some of these beloved creatures are still on the endangered species list while others um, make a comeback so i thought this is very interesting because it discusses all of the animals that are in the visit the zoo series so i'm going to do a combination of reading it and and do some commentary on it as well and see how some of these animals are doing and we're going to be looking at the sea turtle rhinos which is of course our chapter that we're going to read today, and also the giant panda, elephants, tigers, and gorillas. So let's start with the sea turtles. Uh, The exact number is unknown, but scientists think that may may be improving as they looked at 60 60 global regions uh, of where these animals inhabit in, in our seas. So it looks like they're they're on the way up. And it says efforts to uh, change fishing nets to create protected and darkened beaches seem to be working, said the lead scientist, Antonio Mazaris, in the journal Science Advances. So that's good news for the sea turtles. They, They seem to be coming back. Now, let's talk about the rhinos. The problem with the rhinos, of course, is that poachers want to get a hold of these things because of those beautiful horns on top of their heads at the ends of their snouts. Currently, the black rhino... Numbers are on the increase with the relocation effort of the World Wildlife Fund. Rhinos are being airlifted and trucked into reserves. And rhino horns, now this is interesting, are being chipped, microchipped, so then authorities can monitor the animals and prosecute the criminals. So when somebody tries to take one of these things, I guess the chip lets uh, 
scientists know exactly what's going on. And efforts to help these creatures are growing. Okay, let's go on now to, to giant pandas. There's approximately 1,864 wild giant pandas, according to a 2014 survey. Now, their habitat, like a lot of habitats for animals around the world, are being lost to human encroachment and also lost through logging some of the forests where they live. And they consume a lot of bamboo. So those are some of the forests that are being cut down. And there's a danger with their food source being cut off. China is increasing the number of panda reserves to keep giant pandas protected. Population numbers have been increasing since the 1970s and growing by 17%. So things are looking a little bit better for the giant panda. Okay, now looking at uh, elephants. African elephants... Numbers are estimated at 415,000, and they're considered vulnerable. There are only 40 to 50,000 Asian elephants in existence today. Their population has dropped at least 50%, oh my goodness, over the last three generations, and they are considered endangered. By the way, you can tell the difference between an African elephant and an Asian elephant by the size of their ears. The African elephant has much larger ears than the Asian elephants. And what I do in the DVD that I just released, you, you, you'll be able to see the difference immediately by looking at those at those videos and some of the stills that, that, that I've taken. You know, the elephants that are somewhat still hanging on seem to be hanging on better in Africa than they are in Asia. And, of course, the illegal ivory trade is the largest threat to the elephant as people go after, the poachers go after those huge tusks. The World Wildlife Fund is establishing sanctuaries where the elephants can roam freely and to be safe from poachers. All right, the next next animal on this Back from the Brink article in the Arizona Daily Star is uh, the tiger. And this one statistic right off the top is kind of shocking, really. There's an estimated 3,900 tigers with a 95% population lost. 95% have been wiped out. Forest clearing, construction of roads, increase of buildings, encroaching on the territory of tigers is partly delaying, well, almost all to blame. And poaching is by far the biggest threat to these cats. The entire body of a tiger is in demand on the black market. The World Wildlife Fund has started an effort to double the population of tigers by 2022. You know, I uh, I recently had to do some videoing of a tiger here in our local zoo. And when you're really close to these creatures, I mean, they're, they're very big. They're, they're huge cats. They're beautiful, just beautiful animals if you look in their faces and look into their eyes. And it really is sad to see the numbers so decimated for tigers. And finally, let's uh, take a look at gorillas. The gorilla population is between 100,000 and 200,000. Habitat loss, hunting, wildlife trade, and disease are the biggest threats to the gorilla's existence. Not many gorillas live in protected areas. Only 17% in the World Wildlife Fund is creating sanctuaries and also is encouraging local tourism in an effort to aid gorillas. So there you have it. That's the article and about these, these animals and their status. What I'll do is uh, I'm going to keep an eye on these particular animals 
in the future. And if there's any change in any way, I'll let you know and let you see how they're doing and, and see if we can get more information about their uh, about their growth, hopefully, in all categories. So just stay tuned. We'll, uh, we'll follow up with these guys. All right, it's uh, now time for, I think, one of my favorite parts, and that is playing some animal sounds for you and see if you can determine what these animals are. And again, the way that this works is I will, uh, I'll play the animal sounds several times. There'll be three of them. You know, we'll see if you can guess what they are. Let me go ahead and, and play the, the first animal and uh, just to sit back and listen. And this is a fairly common animal, but let's see if you can figure out what it is. Okay, and let's go now to the second animal. And this one, again, you may have heard in the past, but let's give it a shot. Here we go. All right, that's a short clip, so let me let me play that again. Here's the second animal. Okay, now here is the third animal in our group today. If you can figure out what this one is. Ready? All right, here it comes. And it sounds like that third one got really close to the mic. So I don't know whether somebody was holding it or not, but uh, I guess they made it because the tape got back, right? Okay, there you go. Three animals. So what do you think they are? Okay, let's go now to our description of this particular animal. And I, like I said at the top, we're going to take a look at the rhinoceros, a huge beast. And uh, what's amazing is the um, I, I've seen probably all of the zoos that I've visited. I've seen this animal and I've seen it in an enclosure within. It needs a lot of space because it is so big. But it, uh, like I said, it's it's huge. It's, it's a very large animal and it can really run fast. Let's take a listen to this. This is from one of the chapters from my uh, 12 uh, Visit the Zoo series. And this is the rhinoceros. Another big guy. We've walked up to see a rhinoceros, a white rhinoceros. This big guy is from South Africa, where most of the rhinos live. There are about 17,000 of them roaming the grasslands, savannas, and swamps of Southern Africa. These creatures are big, very big. They are about six feet tall, weigh between 4,000 and 7,000 pounds. They are about 11 to 15 feet long. Their large tusks are prize trophies, and that makes them endangered. Despite their size, they are very nimble on their feet. They have relatively small brains for such a large animal. You can figure out what that means but they run fast and can top out at 30 miles per hour at full speed. They eat mostly leafy plants. Rhinoceros have evolved and first appeared during the Eocene period of history. That's about 34 to 56 million years ago. They started off small, but wow, are they big now. you 
you've got the rhinoceros. All you need to know, well, not all you need to know, but most of what you need is when you were taking a look at him at the zoo, you know, what these creatures are all about. Let's go back to our animal sounds, and I guess you've had a chance to think about it for a while. And let me uh, play him back for you. Let's go with the, the first animal sound, and let me play the sound back, and uh, I'll, I'll tell you what it is and who he or she is. And I would guess that probably there are some of you out there that uh, guess the raccoon. And if you did, you've probably heard it. It probably has come up to your back door or has rummaged through your trash, which they love to do. You probably guessed it. They're native to North America. They love to be around where humans are because that's where the trash can and the food is. They are presently mostly in the north american continent however they're in japan and europe because they've been introduced there but they're from north america and they're omni- omnivorous which means they'll eat just about anything trash is what they really love because there's always usually food bits in there they live about 20 years and they were they're about 16 to 28 inches in length and they weigh anywhere from 8 to 20 pounds and i would guess the 20 pounders are the ones who are really eating good so uh that's the high excuse me see i just gave it away all right that's a raccoon all right here's the second one which you probably you already know now <laughs> Wow, I blew that one, didn't I, huh? Okay, here he is again, the hyena. (laughs) These African hunters will take down or scavenge just about anything on four legs that runs or walks on the African plain. Humans are not very fond of these things because the way they rip and tear at the prey and they, they devour just about anything remains. And they basically hunt uh, the same creatures that the lions do. They're their fellow travelers on the Serengeti and other places in Africa. So both species, the hyena and the lion, have been at each other's throats literally for all time. And I, I'm sure you may have seen some of the video that's taken when hyenas are stalking lions and vice versa. They'll usually try and kill each other if they have a chance. They're very fast and they're built for speed. They can run up to 40 miles per hour. They're 37 to 65 inches long and about 36 inches high. They, they weigh, the males do, anywhere from 89 to 129 pounds. The females weigh 98 to 141 pounds. Yeah, that's right. The females are larger than the males. That means the females, young and old, because of that, they're dominant over the males. They live in large communities called clans, and they are very social animals and communicate by making barking sounds. And they are very smart, very smart. They have intelligence that has cunning to figure out complicated hunting strategy, and they can do good problem solving as well. They have been looked down throughout human history, but they've been very adaptable and a very successful species even to this day. All right, now I'm not going to... uh give a tip as to what this is like you did with the hyena so you'll just have to guess while we uh, we listen to it again that sniff at the very end must be right on top of the microphone when it got that close so you know what i really love this one let's play it again here's our third animal see if you can guess it
That's the gorilla. That's the Western Lowland gorilla, as a matter of fact. And it lives in Africa, in Angola, Cameroon, Central African Republic of the Congo, Equatorial Guinea, and Gabon. It populates and is representative in most of the zoos around the world. It stands five to six feet tall. It weighs between 300 and 600 pounds. The females are shorter and usually half the weight of the males. Both females and the males have tremendous, awesome strength. They usually stay in small areas. Usually that area is no more than three to 18 square miles. They look for food and travel anywhere from a half to a mile and a half per day. They stay in family groups with one dominant male and five to seven females and their babies. And they usually have babies only once every five years. They eat mostly plants, bamboo, insects, and small reptiles. Males can eat up to 20 pounds of food per day. Sometimes they've been known to use tools like sticks or rocks or other items to get their food. The dominant males, the large mature adult males, are called silverbacks because of the silver coloring on their back hair. And these gorillas in, usually live about 40 years in the wild. Even though they look tough, the western gorilla will usually flee humans and will rarely charge them. So that is some comfort to know, but I don't know how close I would ever get to one. Anyhow, hopefully in my, my lifetime I would like to, but I'd be very cautious and go with somebody who knew what they were doing. Okay, we're going to do another poem today, and and I, I really do like uh, this poet. His name is William Blake, and he was an English poet, and he lived in London from 1757 to 1827, and he's considered one of the giants of the Romantic period in the arts at that time. And he wrote a poem called The Tiger. Why don't you sit back and listen to this and tell me what you think. Tiger, tiger, burning bright in the force of the night. What immortal hand or eye could frame thy fearful symmetry? In what distant deeps or skies burnt the fire of thine eyes? On what wings dare he aspire? What the hand dare seize the fire? And what shoulder and what art could twist the sinews of thy heart? And when thy heart began to beat, what dread hand and what dread feet? What the hammer, what the chain? In what furnace was thy brain? What the anvil, what dread grasp, dare its deadly terrors clasp? When the stars threw down their spears and watered heaven with their tears, did he smile his work to see? Did he who made the lamb make thee? Tiger, tiger, burning bright in the forest of the night. What immortal hand or eye dare frame thy fearful symmetry? All 
right. Well, there you have it. This week's show. I, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I, I really do. And I hope you come back and I hope you subscribe, rate, and review what we're doing here. And also, I want to encourage you that if you want to look at all things Visit the Zoo and check out my ebooks or print books or the first three of the audio books from this series, available on Audible and Amazon, or interested in the DVD, which is finished, the first DVD in the, in the Visit the Zoo series is complete. It's available at Amazon or if you want to go to Movie Zing, which also has a button on my zooanimals.info site, so you can order it from them as well. And by the way, this DVD is also available for schools and for libraries and for bookstores. So if you're in any of those organizations and, and want to purchase the DVD, you can do that. There's wholesale pricing for that for as many as one copy or a thousand, depending upon how many that you need. So anyhow, like I said, um, Please join us again. I look forward to the next one. I really love doing these podcasts, and I really love uh, coming into your car or your home or in your ears when you're wearing your iPad or iPhone or any of those devices. So please join me again uh, next week for Visit the Zoo.